Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Hello and welcome to the Five Year Plan Pod Extra Marathon March Special. Hey. Um, <laughs> we are we're currently in sunny Beckenham, which is not sunny. It's cloudy. It's wet and rainy. Uh, and uh, I'm here with JD. Say hi, JD. <laughs> hi, JD. Oh, someone dropped their mask. Oh, who probably dropped their, who dropped their mask? Someone's someone's dropped their Palace for Life mask. Greetings. It's probably Greetings. Andy. Drop your mask. So JD, we're live live coverage. We're um, we're we're more than halfway through now. Uh, how, how have you felt at this stage? I feel okay. My memory from the previous two walks. So I did it in 2017 and 2018. 2019 didn't do it. Had a baby. Great excuse not to do the walk. Um, 2017 I struggled massively. 2018 I felt good. And so what I've done is I've tried to replicate that by wearing the exact same outfit that I wore in 2018. And so far, so good. Yeah, it's, it's a good... It's a different route this year. So it used to be up into central London. And now it's a big loop around south London, back to Selhurst, which is a starting point. Um, and it's been really picturesque and lovely. Unfortunately, I've been walking with you guys, so that's brought the mood down. But um, it's been nice so far. I feel okay. As you say, we've got 13 miles to go, so a long way for the legs to seize up. But so far, so good. How are you feeling? Uh... Fine, really. Um, unlike the, the previous walks, we've had a little bit of uphill. Uh, Been a lot of uphill, actually. So around Crystal Palace, that was that was a bit of a challenge. Uh, even now, we're walking uphill, and I'm a little bit out of breath. So that's a, a sign of un- how unhealthy I've become during the lockdown. So it's probably good a good reminder that uh, that I need to work on my fitness a little bit more. Um, we, I should say we were so we were, we were in the penultimate group, group 21. Because obviously, because of COVID, we're doing it in bubbles of six. There's you, me, Andy, Kevin, Jesse, and Julian Chenery. Excellent bubble, I should say, by the way. Um, And the group behind us was Mark Bright, Sean Derry, and Eddie Izzard. And within about 
20 minutes they'd overtaken us, I think. And I think I can imagine with two ex-pros and with Eddie Izzard, you know, marathon legend, uh, I'd imagine they're probably somebody in the front by now. Um, so we are at the back, but we're happily meandering around, taking photos of the beautiful scenery and having a nice time which, with our friends, which I think is the best way to do this kind of walk. It is, and it's for a really good reason as well, isn't it? I mean, the, the, we, we often talk about uh, the importance of Palace for Life as a charity for what they do in South London. Um, and with, with all the kind of COVID-19 struggles that we're having uh, with the, the economic issues and uh, kids being out of school for such a long time and then coming back to school, Palace for Life are basically doing a lot of work having talked to them, to a couple of, of people who work for Palace for Life, they're doing a lot of work that typically schools would be doing. So kind of after-school yeah. activities, yeah. Uh, catch-up activities for kids. It's important that what we're doing is is, is to support that. And um, we're, we're still raising money for it, aren't we? We're, we're, yeah. We've crossed the £1,500 mark. Yeah, so we initially set our target at 600 quid, which was basically the minimum that you're supposed to do as a group. We hit that really quickly. People are very generous. We, we raised that to 1,000. Hit that really quickly. Raised it to 1,500, which we hit about an hour ago, I think, possibly. So that's all in the last week. So people have been unbelievably generous, especially our patrons, obviously, who this is going out to. The support from you guys has been unbelievable, and we appreciate that this is a hard year for people, and some people might not be in the position to donate, and yet loads of people still have. So yeah, we cannot thank you enough. And as Rob says, like we're speaking to the people that work for the foundation on this walk, and they appreciate their money so much. I think Kevin said on the main pod last week that by last week they'd already hit £20,000 worth of donations um, for this walk and I'm sure that that will get many more by the end of the walk and I know on the day and after it people still keep donating. We are very lucky as Palace fans and as a club to have the foundation and the work they do for the local area. I mean, they're absolutely fantastic and incredibly vital, especially as you say, doing post-school stuff and really helping and what's been a really tough year for a lot of people. So they are, um, they are incredible and I think... Yeah, as I say, I didn't do last year because Maria had just been born. And I was joking that it is a great excuse not to do this. Um, but actually, I, mi- I missed you guys not doing it last year. Like, I missed taking part in the walk, helping out and the camaraderie. And it has been wonderful to be back doing it again this year. Even though we spent the last four and a half hours mercilessly taking a piss out of each other. Um, which has been, I mean, part of it, to be honest. So, yeah. I think that's the benefit. So... Uh, I promised the Rob's rant, so I might as well we start go. it. Okay, um, Well, I, I just think that if you get an opportunity to do this, it really is... Well, you're not gives... ranting at people that aren't taking part in the No, walk. no, 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 not at all, no. <laughs> oh. But this, this gives you an, an opportunity to feel close to people in the community, to kind of feel like you're doing something for the club, or not for the club, for the people... For yeah. the, for, you're essentially doing something that... that that is directly affecting the community, right? Yes. The, the area around South London. And I feel that with everything that's been going on with all the season ticket uh, issues that we've encountered, oh, we okay, yeah, yeah. that for me, doing something like this almost counterbalances that bad karma, right? Yeah. I feel like what Palace have done with regards to season tickets is bad karma. It, it has... It has impacted on people in this community it's impacted on people's ability to buy season tickets it's impacted on people's ability to renew their season tickets it's impacted on their ability to 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 feel like they're part of something and that and and i understand that the club will say 
15,000 season tickets have been sold, therefore our actions are justified. Yeah. But what about the 5,000 that haven't? Yeah. You know, what about or the three or 4,000 that haven't? Yeah. What about those people who have applied to, to, to pay with credit where they've had years of payment history and they've been, they've been able to, to, to do that via direct debit and then suddenly the club are telling them, you have to, you have to do a credit check, we have to make sure that you're, you're good for the 500 quid or whatever. And then being rejected. And then being rejected. Yeah. But those people, you know, for pa- Crystal Palace as a club is something that, that is a focal point for some of these people. For people, to, something to, to look forward to at the weekend, something to, to feel part of, to, to be around friends and be around, you know, the, the things that, that matter the most to you. Well, it's more than the football, isn't it? It is. It's massively more than football. And I think that, that as I say, I think that what Palace are doing is ultimately bad karma. At some point, this kind of, this kind of action comes back to bite you in the backside. And with, with the, the televised games issue now as well, on top of that, yeah. 15 pounds a match, it just it makes you think they're doing it for the wrong reason. Like, they're, they're almost doing things for the wrong reasons, right? Well, the, 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 the televised game thing, Palace have backtracked a bit like a few other clubs have now, and I think they're offering refunds on season tickets because as a lot of us expected we're not going to get to these games and I think we kind of knew that might be the case um, so that's frustrating but I, I get what you're saying about the karma and I think you, there may be people on this walk who are who can't renew a season ticket and yet I don't know for a fact but there may well be if you talk about ratios and these people will be doing this, this walk for the community and yet at the same time with the other hand getting slapped by Palace a little bit so um it's definitely, a, yeah, the karmic rebalance, I think, is a, is a good way of putting it. But that's the thing about Palace fans, like, they are good people at heart, and you, you'll never, you could slap them down many times like Palace have. You, you, won't, you won't beat that spirit out of them, and they'll still turn up for walks like this. Last year, again, I missed out because Maria had just been born. It pissed down, apparently, the whole thing. And you guys carried it, didn't stop you. You know, and I think that's, it's a good metaphor for Palace fans, really. And this year has been a hard, tough year for numerous reasons and the season ticket thing has not helped and yet here we still are doing this so I think you know days like this make me feel very proud to be a Palace fan with all the season ticket issues it does make you think you know my, my concern prior to when the season ticket news came out was that I wouldn't be able to afford to do it yeah. I've been able to get support from some really good friends people that, that I, I, I have a lot of time and respect for yeah. and I've managed to to do that there are, there are families in South London who have far greater worries and I think what Palace for Life are going to be doing for those people over the next months and, and the rest of the year and you know further beyond that as well is obviously far more important and while we complain about yeah. while I complain about this and talk about bad karma the reality is that I'm, we're doing this for the right reasons and well, uh, also those friends you talk about obviously include some of our wonderful patrons in the WhatsApp group who club together to help out you know we've got we've got a wonderful bunch of patrons we appreciate that and i think palace fans are fantastic in general by by doing this these kind of things so yeah yeah, it's a good it's a good that was a good rant i thought that was that was a nicely nicely pitched rant i'd say yeah again i don't want to be i don't want to be ultra critical in some ways because this is crystal palace are a club that are in a very difficult position like every other business that's kind of, that's that's dealing with this scenario but we all we've asked for when it comes to FYP 
is for this entire situation to be handled fairly and to be rethought. Yeah. And that hasn't happened, and I think that's that. that well, it that, sort of has by def- by sort of proxy, doesn't it? Of this. Yeah, they've been put. They've been forced into yeah. a corner when well, really this this then. feels like one of those situations where they should have resolved it sooner. Yeah. And actually, just taken the the the, the positive spin from it. There were te- there have been opportunities to fix it, and they just didn't do that. But anyway, end of the rant. Hopefully, that will get an extra do- donation from some of our well, patrons. Well, that be good. I should say as well. You know, before, I think you're going to sign off for me now. Maybe catch up with Kevin and some of the others. But um, we have you've had a new nickname coined today, which is um, Airplane Alan, which I think is just I mean the best thing to come out of this walk today. I would say. Uh, I'm not going to take that from semi-pro Jim, who yeah. turned up to a football match uh, with his with a Vets team and ended up being introduced as Jim the semi-pro I mean, because it, he once played for Whiteley's Reserves twice. Twice or three times. Uh, it was, you know, it, at least it's factual. In many ways, so is your nickname. Oh, yeah, this is true. My name's not Alan, though, but... No. <laughs> Anyway, uh, we're going to catch up with uh, Jesse and and Kevin at uh, at a later point. But um, say bye, Jim. Bye, Jim. Welcome back to the five-year plan pod extra on the Marathon March. Uh, I'm here with Kevin. Say hi, Kevin. I'm not sure I'm allowed to be on the pod extra, am I? Does, J- uh, does JD know I'm doing? I think we've, we've signed some kind of uh, legal, uh, uh, whatever it is, waiver, waiver that allows you to, to uh, do That's this. what Andy Street was working on, was it? Yeah, exactly. I'm um, fine, yeah. We're, we're just over halfway now. We're walking on a lovely gravelly bit of hill. It's really nice. I'm also here with Julian Chenery. Say hi, Julian. Hi, Julian. Hooray! Here we are. Hey, hello, Julian. Yes, we're the showbiz couple. Have you, um, Kevin, this is what, fourth year now, isn't fourth it? Fourth year, yes. Uh, does it get any easier <laughs> with, the, um, with the years passing by? Well, <laughs> if I did some more training in between each one, so Mrs Day had to point out that having done last year's marathon wasn't sufficient training for this year's marathon. <laughs> the actual, I have to say the recovery time gets, gets better. The actual, I haven't found the walk getting any easier. But the recovery time, the, the first one we did, it was probably Wednesday or Thursday when I could literally, liberally move my limbs properly. Yeah. But I'm hoping, like last two, it's not been, not been too bad. And it's nice to have a different route this time as well, a route round South London. It could have been a bit closer to Croydon. But having said that, it's nice. So, and it's, we know it's raising money. And all you lovely people out there have helped raise us a lot of money, which is much appreciated, obviously. We've uh, we've gone over the I think one thousand six hundred pounds now, so it's uh, really positive. Um, it, it's one of those things where we've kind of covered a lot of different areas of South London, haven't we, Julian? What was your what, what's been your favourite part so far? Um, well, apart from his old house, my old house. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Up until nineteen sixty six, I lived just off uh, Sydenham Hill by the Dulwich Wood House, and it's the house is still standing, and I was very lucky to get a selfie outside number 24 Crescentwood Road. Yeah. Hasn't got a blue plaque on it yet, but there was one up the road, blue plaque from John, John Logie Baird. John Logie Baird. The inventor of television. And also Julian told us a story that I'd never heard before, which is very unusual for Julian. <laughs> that, that it's from that house that he went to watch the 1966 World Cup final. Correct. First game of football he ever saw was the 1966 was. World Cup yeah. final. That's incredible. He said the ball was definitely over the line. What, was your, what, what were your overriding memories from that, that experience, Julian? Uh, pissed down with rain a lot. People don't remember that. Uh, I, um, when I got to Wembley and I heard over the tannoy 
that uh, England were unchanged. I thought what it meant was that England will be in the white shirt. So when the first goal went in, there was only me cheering <laughs> until uh, it was put put to me that England were in fact in red. So you were, you were the one guy that you could see in the crowd giving it the big Yeah, uh, well, guy, I was eight, mate. I was eight. <laughs> but it's something to be at. I mean, it's, it's, oh man, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. World Cup final that England won. It's amazing. My uh, my dad um, was a lawyer and he had one main client who was the chairman of Queen's Park Rangers and it was through Jim that we used to get tickets like this and then I went to things like the 1970 World Cup final World Cup final no, I didn't go to Mexico the FA Cup final but that wasn't so good because we sat behind these glass windows a bit corporate it was basically the restaurant for the Greyhound track and uh, but you, you, there was a disconnect between you know the fans and the, the the noise of the stadium outside, but it was a fantastic experience. That was the that was the game to all the sort of uh, Chelsea Leeds war played on a sand pit. And uh, when you look back, there was colour film of it. When you look back and you see the pristine green emerald green pitches of today, compared to the absolute shit that players used to play on, it's uh, incredible. But also that every player was a thug. Yeah. Or oh, the Leeds team were absolutely dirty violent. Leeds. Dirty Leeds. Well, well, also, because the replay was played at um, Old, Old Trafford, Trafford yeah. because the Horse of the Year show was booked That's in right. for Wembley on the Wednesday night. <laughs> so they had to book it there. So there's horses galloping all over the pitch, so they had to play it up in Old Trafford. <laughs> the Horse of the Year yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they did. But I'll answer your question. It's been great walking around South London. Um, but we have gone through a lot of posh parts of South London. Yes, I mean, I have to say, just the Palace training ground, there are a lot of very nice houses down it's Coast. Lovely. Coast it's not it? a part of the world. And uh, where is it? Not, not, not Ladywell. Yeah. Nice. The uh, the training ground looks good as well for the for the youth team. It looks like they're doing a lot of work there. It looks like the uh, the pitches will be pr- perfect for them to play on. It's uh, good news for the club, really, isn't it? Well, it is, but they look a bit like the yellow sand pitches of 1970 at the moment. They're, they're, <laughs> there's, there's no grass on them, but yeah, it looks looks fantastic. I'm really pleased about the academy, yeah, and the investment that's gone into the academy. And it's something that a lot of fans sometimes forget. Everybody thinks, you know, sign this, sign that, sign this guy. It's difficult times. And when you see how much we've actually invested and spent on our future, I think it's really good news. I think in the next five years, we've got the best under-18 side we've ever had, I'm told. And it's going to be fabulous watching these guys come through. But also, because in the past, people have often, you know, we've been linked with players that eventually went to Watford or West Ham. And everyone goes, well, why are they going there, not Palace? And the fact is, because we couldn't offer them training facilities that were as professional as other Premier League clubs. And in the future... Not only can we attract better youngsters with a Cat One Academy, but our training—it's like the, you know, legendarily, it's Julian's son-in-law will tell you, Frank the Ball thought it was a joke when he was taken to the training ground initially. Right. So now, where's the real one? And, and now <laughs> we've got first-class facilities. It's like, arguably, this might sound strange, the best training facilities in the Premier League are Burnley, who five years ago invested not in players but in. The training ground, it, it, it pays off. So it's, I was actually quite proud of seeing the new training ground, actually. And for, yeah, for clubs like ours, we can't compete with someone like Man United and, and Liverpool in the top six to go into the market and buy a player. We need a left back, let's buy him tomorrow. We've got to build them and create them, keep one and sell one or two. Yeah. And that's, to do that, you've got to have the cornerstones to do it. And our academy and our training ground and the facilities at Beckenham are very important part of that. Yeah. And what you hope to do is get a player through like Aaron Wambasaka and turn him into someone who looks like a world beater for a year, 
lure Man United into paying way too much money for him. And then he plays the way that he really... As he finds the level we should have been at. So, do you think? Um, I mean, we, we. This is kind of where Palace for Life comes in as well, because Palace for Life is is not just an opportunity for the club to do good things and for supporters to do good things for the community, but it's an opportunity to kind of lay the foundations with young people in the area. That Crystal Palace is an opportunity to not just, you know, to to kind of to. To, to, to get good things out of you know that there's a benefit to it one of the I mean Palace for Life is a brilliant a brilliant foundation I'm proud to be part of it but one of the things people at the club watching it that frustrated them in years gone by is that you will see kids playing for Tottenham Arsenal West Ham Chelsea and the commentators say well, they're from Croydon they're from Carshorton yeah because they end up they end up being able to be predators if you like they end up being able to lure these kids away because they've got category A academies and now we can attract the best South London talent because we can say to the best South London talent we're the best club in South London why would you go to North London when you've got this here you've got more of a chance of getting in the first team and we can offer you every every facility going and what's important is that the more and I genuinely believe this that the more players from South London there are in the team the more that inspires other young people in, in South London we're doing a big programme at the moment is finding black and Asian role models across every walk of community. So we're talking to black and Asian lawyers, black and Asian theater, uh, actors, just to show young people in, in South London that their horizons aren't limited, that they can do these jobs as well as anybody else and that the opportunities are there. And, and the more they see youngsters coming through and playing football for Crystal Palace, the more they can go, actually, there is a world beyond South London and maybe I can go and look for it. One of the great things we've seen this morning, and there have been some actually really beautiful parts of South London, green parks, which I've never seen before, we saw some uh, one part full of sports. They were playing tennis on the courts. Yeah. They were doing some sort of yoga class, but there were kids playing football, and two or three of the kids were in full Palace yeah, kit. Yeah. And that, you think, hey, that, you wouldn't have seen that a few years ago. Yeah, that's a very good point. Well, I think we'll, uh, we'll draw this part to a close here. Um, yeah, that's good, because we're both <laughs> running out of breath. We're walking uphill. <laughs> even, though, yeah. even though Julian and I are both showbiz lovers, we're yeah. desperate to get our voices heard yes. on any form of media. We are going uphill, and Jesse's taking a... Photographs looking very sweaty. You might not have seen this, Kevin, but I, while I was watching, while you were talking about that, JD walked into a lamppost, which is my Did he? highlight. Right, guys. Well, we'll, we'll uh, do a third part with uh, Jesse and Andy. So I look forward to that. Uh, thank you, Kevin, and thank you, Julian. Play the music. Part three of the Pod Extra Marathon March special. I'm here with Jesse. Say hi, Jesse. Hi, Jesse. And I'm here with Andy Street. Say hi, Andy Street. Hi, Rob. <laughs> Hello. So, um, uh, Andy, this is what, your third or fourth now? Fourth. I've, I've done it all the years so far. How are you, how are you feeling? Um, a bit tight and stiff. I've come into this one probably more injured than I've been. In better shape, but more injured than in previous years. So I think we're going okay so far, but the challenge will be to keep moving and keep going to the end. Is it the old knees that are causing issues? or uh, The knees and the, the body surrounding the knees from like head to toe. Head, so, shoulders, knees and toes. Yeah, pr- pretty knees much. Knees and head, toes. Or, like all of the muscles, all of the bones and all of the joints. <laughs> that There's sort of pain all over, really. We've got the opposite of that, the contrast in Jesse, who's uh, a, a, a marathon march virgin. Virgin marathon marcher, that's me. I'm sort of like the 
late late addition, late call up, uh, sort of last minute signing, sort of the Matthew Flamini of the group, um, <laughs> the millionaire who doesn't need to do any work. Well, maybe that... not. <laughs> can't think of a last minute, other last minute signing, but you know, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I get it. How how are you feeling, Jesse? Um, not too bad, Rob. I think it's all right. I th- based on what everyone's saying, this everyone's loving the the scenic route that they put on this year. And we've gone through some great places like Honor Oak Park Woods, Ladywell Fields, Dulwich Woods, um, Beckenham Place Park. There's some really creative names, aren't there, as well? I'm amazed I managed to remember all those, but <laughs> I've remembered them because I want to go back to them. They're all actually really lovely little um, little spots. So it's been great. That's been really nice. It makes the difference when you're doing a long distance and it's good scenery. So... How important is it for you to be walking with people that that you're friends with and that you've got kind of a good report with? It's that you can you can talk about Palace a little bit, but after a while you kind of get bored with that, don't you? Yes, you, just, you know it's just great to spend such a long period of time with people that we only ever see these days on Zoom. So <laughs> that's been really nice. Seen JD on the the Pardew's Hot Pant uh, pods, but I actually can't remember the last time I saw him in the flesh. So that's been good. Um, Julian's making lots of observations about everyone's body parts and is trying to assemble an optimised FYP representative out of all of our (laughs) most redeeming features. So that's been quite interesting. My my calves have been getting a lot of attention, so uh, I'm quite... I mean, it's it's my only redeeming feature, really. (laughs) It's your calves, my bum, and Kevin's wit and wisdom, apparently. (laughs) Wit and wisdom. Thanks, guys. Cheers. (laughs) Uh, Andy, what what feature would you uh, pick from yourself to represent the perfect FYP human being? I, I would say my knowledge of statistical concepts within the game of football. Anyway, um, <laughs> well, you do have those things. Yeah, um, we don't need that anymore. We've got VAR. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I prefer to have objective measures rather than your subjective assessments on my, like my, my best features. If you can find a metric somehow to, to weigh up what my best feature is, then I might listen to what that, that metric has to say. It'll be like that scene from A Beautiful Mind with all the X and Ys and all the things kind of come together, but instead it's just X and G. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> precisely so. Yeah, so um, it's, it's, uh, it's been a bit of an interesting start to the Palace season, hasn't it? Do you think this, this little two-week break is, will do Palace good? So, I mean, it would have been typical Palace if we'd won our first four games and didn't want the break, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it just feels like they're still getting to know each other as a squad, as a, as a new team and a slightly t- tweaked formation. So... I, I think it's been what two wins, two losses. It's not bad, not great. Um, but I think we, I think the problem, we feel like the team could have a little regrouping and get ready for the next game. What do you think, Rob? Um, I feel the same actually. I think it's one of those where just having having the break probably after two defeats in a row kind of comes at a good time. It gives the manager a little bit more chance to kind of get to grips with things a little bit, have a think about what he wants to do. I mean, it's just going to be... I think that the thing that we were all hoping was that there would be some kind of, uh, you know, another signing to, to get things a bit more exciting again. And it doesn't look like that's going to happen and probably doesn't look like there's going to be one before the, the championship window closes. But you never know. Um, but it does kind of... The timing of it isn't dreadful. Um, but I think the, 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 the big risk is that it's Brighton that we're playing next. And that, that has the potential to either be a surprise, like a, a good win, a surprising win, a, a morale-boosting win, or a banana-skin defeat that makes things a little bit more challenging for the manager. Well, 
I think Brighton have also had a slightly tricky start. I mean, they've played some big teams. They've got really unlucky with United getting penalty after the final whistle and everything, which was great to see. Yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't mind a sort of repeat scenario of that for us. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's good to have a bit of time to prepare for this game because I feel like after a few bad Brighton results under Roy's stewardship, he sort of redeemed himself with the most recent games. Let's hope he can carry it on. Um, I think... There's a lot, lot said about Eze and him still adapting. I think that's probably fair enough. You know, he's not used to the pace of it all. He's still getting used to his new system. But I'd like to see him play against Brighton. I'd like to take the game to them. Yeah, I think that's the that's the thing we all want to see is just that we give it a go. Yeah. You know, I think the biggest fear is that we just end up. We don't we don't want to see a repeat performance of the Chelsea match. By all means, that was against uh, a Chelsea side that had spent two hundred million, and you know you've got all that kind of a little bit of elements of fear. But really, with Brighton, they're kind of at our level, and we'd want to see Palace beat beat them or at least try to. On the upside, that four nil beating first early game on the Saturday just felt awful and felt like a waste of time at the, by the end of it but, but by the time the end of the weekend you saw the other results Liverpool getting trounced the thriller from Villa 7-2 <laughs> it didn't feel too bad after that did it? It kind of took, took the pain out of it. Annie what are your thoughts uh, for the Brighton match? Um, I don't really enjoy the Brighton match all that much because I think it seems to send fans a bit bananas um, the game actually always ends up being Generally, other than the quite exciting 3-2 at Selhurst, it tends to be a pretty nervy, horrible game that neither side now particularly wants to lose and where really they tend to be relatively well matched in those games from recent instances of it. Um, Brighton have... You know, they've been very unlucky. I thought they were much the better side against Chelsea. They probably should have beaten Manchester United comfortably and obviously had the VAR incident at the end. And they've kind of done the same thing as last season where they've played reasonable football but not actually picked up points. Um, Obviously, they did that at Selhurst against Palace last season where they pretty much dominated Palace for most of the game and somehow contrived to come away without getting all three points. Um, And Palace, you know, we, we... Played particularly well and on the front foot up at Old Trafford, but perhaps didn't play in quite such a pressing, forceful and proactive manner at Chelsea from the off. Um, I do think some of the uh, reactions to that game is slightly overdone in that ultimately that Chelsea team have made some horrific mistakes in the matches before and would have worked on those mistakes in the game against Palace it was no, there was no way they were going to make the same sort, same sort of mistakes against Palace as they made against West Brom Thiago Silva had his day off that day he wasn't going to have a player <laughs> two in a row standard, yeah. he's not going to have another horror show of that, that standard uh, another game in a row and there were just a few individual errors that I don't think you usually get put together in the same game from multiple players um, in the second half and it was just one of those unfortunate halves of football that, that sometimes do happen but you know there's something new and interesting to see this season with Eze coming into the team we've got slightly different options now with Batshuayi there as well obviously he wasn't available for the Chelsea game given uh, the prohibition on playing against your your uh, mother club if you want to call it that 
so at least he'll be available for the game at Brighton so I think you know there's all to play for there um, it's unfortunate after just one loss Palace fans seem to have become very much down in the dumps because prior to that we played particularly well I think in a couple of the games before so a lot I think to be positive about we're here with, uh, we're, yeah, just, Julian's, Julian's actually taking a picture of us we're, we're outside Bromley Football Club uh, and I think they're actually playing a game today so uh, that, that's uh, a remarkable are they nice behind closed doors or are they oh, they must they be I guess they seem to have gates oh, yes. open though don't they by the looks of things no, it's league oh is it purely so we can go in no no they're tier 5 so oh ok well we can't go in and also we support another team so. we do support another team oh, yeah what Dulwich Hamlet they've um <laughs> to be fair to Bromley they've actually improved their facilities quite a bit by the looks of things it's uh good good for them yeah. um well anyway I think but yes so you know plenty to look forward to I think exactly I think that's the, the, the key that, that this isn't you know we're early in the season and, and there are still plenty of opportunities and ultimately, to I think make if things you look better. at where we would have expected to be in terms of points after starting against Saints United uh, and Chelsea and Everton and Everton that's a difficult start yeah, yeah. and we could, we could nearly have come out of that we could have nearly come out with the Everton game with something um, and we, we probably should have done if it wasn't for that absolutely I think if you'd have said to me before the start of the season you'd come out from those four games with seven points I probably would have gone yeah happy days that, yeah. that sounds really good well we're going to round off that podcast here um, really appreciate you guys uh, for listening and obviously for, with all these guys for doing the walk with us um, and Julian well played lads well played lads yes indeed um, <laughs> we're going to we're going to probably do I guess there's going to be another pod during the week JD is that right uh, yeah Monday or Tuesday okay uh, yeah. so uh, we just spoke to Andy about the, wow. the, the Brighton game so he's probably covered everything already on oh, that good. okay yeah um, uh, but yeah so anyway join JD on Tuesday uh, I'll be back post-match yeah. after the Brighton game on Sunday. I look oh, forward yeah, to Sunday that. Now, it? Yeah, it's yeah. been moved to Sunday. Yeah. Uh, if you can, please sponsor us. It yes. would be really, really, the really positive. In, the link is in the uh, pod notes, I guess, on your app or whatever. Perfect. Join us then. Thank you. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.